Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Welcome to Real Life. If you're here for the first time this morning, I'm Jim. I'm your pastor. It's good to be with you. Uh, And it's good to be the church. I have good news. Kevin alluded to it a little while ago. Uh, Good news about something that happened this last week. Uh, Kind of a beautiful thing. There's a a school near here, uh, Washington, I think it's elementary, Washington Elementary. And um, through the generosity of uh, a guy in our congregation who is able to get a hold of uh, resources that he likes to share, uh, he, uh, in, in the name of Real Life Church, took 1,600 water bottles over to this school this week and just donated them to the school from this church. And he told them, I'm, I'll be back in a week or two with 20 boxes of clean, 20 uh, cases of Kleenex so that all the teachers in the school have tissue for their rooms. And so uh, the school feels like they won the lottery. And, you know, my feeling is every neighborhood that gets a church ought to feel like they won the lottery, right? Every, no, you guys can just sit there quiet. That'll be cool. Yeah, no, just act like you don't care. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's great. Every neighborhood that gets a church ought to be able to say, oh, they're so generous. They're so nice. They're so thoughtful. They, they share their resources with everybody around them. It's great to have a church in your neighborhood. Uh, that's what we want. We want our neighbors saying that. We want schools around here saying that. Uh, that's the reputation we want for our church. We wish every church would have. So we're, uh, we're going to continue uh, to bless the neighborhood. Um, I have an amazing story to share with you this morning, and you hear me stand up here and talk uh, most weeks, but I love it when you get to hear stories firsthand from people in the congregation who have experienced God's work in their life in some amazing ways. And so my friend David Frisella is going to come up here, and uh, we're going to do a little uh, juggling and carry some stuff up here. Please welcome David Frisella. And uh, David is a member of our church and has been with us a good long time and uh, has interesting stories of God God working in his life. Uh, Yes, good morning. Many of us know you. Many of us know your story, but there are folks who are new this morning and folks who don't know you. Uh, Tell us a little bit just about who you are. Well, uh, again, my name is David Versella. I've been attending Real Life since um, we first met in Old Hammer Park, I believe that's the name of it. Um, I'm married to uh, my, my wife, Serena. We've been just celebrated our 20th anniversary this last Wednesday. Yeah. So pretty exciting. Um, I have three beautiful kids. I have a son. His name's Luke and uh, two daughters, Gianna and Aaliyah. There you go. And uh, what do you do? So I have a restaurant in uh, the city of Glendora and um, have been have that for about 12 years now. Frisella's Roastery on Glendora Avenue, and they have amazing tri-tip. That's my recommendation, but it's all good. And they have been gracious about letting us hold Alpha there. Alpha is our, yes. our outreach to the neighborhood where we offer a free dinner, and we watch some videos that introduce people to Christianity. Uh, we're doing that again this fall, and uh, it's a great 
great ministry if you've never taken part in it. It's a great thing for you to check out. It's a great thing to bring a friend to. And Dave's been very gracious about letting us take over it's, on Monday nights. It's been fun. It's yeah. been really fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, uh, so tell us a little bit that you've had some big changes in your life. Tell me a little bit about what life was like before the big event. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I have a restaurant and just with restaurants, just life is just really busy. And um, I, over time, I developed this, uh, this um, attitude of just, you know, just working so much and really um, just kind of lost track of uh, what was really important to me in my life, which was church and family. Yeah, yeah. I've, I know restaurant owners, and that is a demanding work life because it all rests on your shoulders, right? Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then one, one day came along, and it was not a normal day. Correct. So um, this last April 15th, um, a day after we actually were um, home celebrating um, my father had passed away this last October, and we were uh, doing a celebration of life for him. But um, the, uh, the 15th of April, I um, had a complete blockage of um, my right coronary artery. And um, for a short period of time, I died, basically, and You're left this good. world. So thank You're you. looking good, yeah. <laughs> Feeling a lot yeah. better. So. Yeah. Now, now let's get into the specific details of the state. This is fascinating. What happened that morning? So, early in the morning um, on the 15th, I woke up um, out of a deep sleep, and I just had this, uh, just this shortness of breath that was just instantly, but enough to wake me up. And um, I got up and didn't really think anything of it, went downstairs and laid on the couch and went back to sleep. Um, slept for a few hours and um, got back up, took my kids to school and uh, ran some errands uh, for the store, basically, always working, you know. Okay. So, and while I was at the store, I um, again had um, these feelings of shortness of breath and this intense uh, feeling of thirst. Um, had a few glasses of water but still nothing, it was just real thirsty. And it, it was at that time that I realized that something was, you know, obviously off. Um, but knowing myself, I, you know, just kind of shrugged it off and thought, well, I'll just um, go home and, and rest, thinking that I was, you know, maybe just tired and was working too much. So got back into my car and headed out from the store. And as I was slowly making my way home, uh, God's voice uh, just, you know, appeared to me, felt him in my heart. And he said, David, you're supposed to go, I want you to go to Foothill Presbyterian. Okay, go to the hospital. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and, and when you say you heard God's voice, you mean you actually, this wasn't, you're not guessing. Not guessing. This is uh, one of the, uh, well, I had in the past felt his voice. Um, I heard his voice uh, a couple of times in my uh -huh. life. So when he spoke to me that day, um, you know, I knew, I knew his voice. I knew it was real. And because of that, um, I listened to him and went uh, directly to Foothill Presbyterian. So um, initially I was going to just walk through the emergency room, fill out the paperwork, and, you know, wait to be called in. But... Um, 
as I was thinking about it, I just got really nauseous and was like, no, I can't do this. So I turned around and went right through the front doors of the emergency. And um, immediately as I walked through those doors, um, this intense pain just overtook my body. And um, I was hot, I was sweaty. Uh, my arms felt like they were on fire and someone was literally just trying to rip the skin off my arms. The pain was so intense. I was crying and just in tears. So, um, but the, the, the thing that really kind of stood out even in this time of uh, intense pain is that I really felt uh, the Lord's presence with me at that time. And um, he, in, in all this pain, he was able to give me the strength to get on my phone and briefly call Serena and to let her know uh, what was happening and where I was going at that point. Okay. All right. And uh, you, a nurse came in and so, told you what was so, next. So, I mean, this all happened within, oh, man, it seemed like it was just within, like, seconds. But a nurse came in and told me, you're having a heart attack. And this happened to be at the same time I was on the phone with Serena. And she was like, we're taking you to Inner Community Hospital. They're known for, um, they're just a really great uh, cardiac hospital. So um, the funny thing that I was uh, kind of explaining was that, um, you know, God was just with me this entire time and just so happened to be that he was with Serena too on this, at this moment because when I called her, um, for many of you that might know Serena, she's one that doesn't necessarily answer her phone on the first call. So God being with her, um, she did answer that phone um, and, you know, picked it up. And within, you know, those, those five seconds that I had uh, before just my body just dropped, I was able to tell her um, that, you know, I, I'm having this heart attack. And um, really by the grace of God, the nurse told me um, where I was headed, and I was able to relay that information quickly to Serena, so she would have she would meet me at Inner Community as opposed to going to Foothill yeah, Press. Right, so right. it was basic. It was really God's intervention because honestly, there wasn't that much time between I I walked in the door until I got on the phone, and I don't know how that n nurse knew that they were just shipping me out that quickly. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're in the ambulance. So I'm in the ambulance at this time. Um, I was gone. Um, the doctors, after the fact, told me that uh, in route to inner community going down Grand Avenue, my heart stopped multiple times, and they uh, literally had to shock me three times. Three times. Three you times. Three times. Your, came back. Yes. And Jesus only did it once. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh. <laughs> so um, the only thing I remember, and this was this was actually Easter week. This was Easter week. That yes, we were, I mean, definitely. Yes. You were a, mm -hmm. a resurrection story on yes, the week of definitely. Easter. Yeah, that's that is that's yeah. that's true. So so I do I do remember coming to and hearing the beeping of the ambulance as they were backing up into um, into inner community to unload me. Um, I was completely out, but I do remember seeing this uh, bright light. And initially, I thought it was, well, it was just the light of, you know, the ambulance doors opening up and rolling me out. But, 
you know, as you continually think about the, the moments and the time frames and everything, I ruled it out because um, I actually went back to the area and realized there was no way that there's light was shining on me, the way the, the building and the awnings hung from, you know, the doors of the ambulance. It was just literally impossible. And at that time, I realized, you know what, this was the, the light from mm. the Lord, mm. you know. What'd you see? So um, I was, again, I was gone. And what I remember was um, they brought me in um, to the, uh, the cath lab is what they call it, where they put stents in your, um, your artery and everything. Um, brought me to the cath lab, and all I remember is um, my, I was in this, this uh, large tube, the cylindrical tube. At one end of the tube, there was this bright light that I was looking up. And on the other side of the, the tube, um, I saw my body laying, you know, obviously it was in the emergency room, but the room was dark with this light just shining on my body. And um, the thing that was so important about this light, looking, at, looking into this light, was that um, it wasn't like a blinding light that you would uh, feel or see when you're looking directly into the sun. This light was so bright and intense, but it didn't affect your eyes. You can look through it and just, uh, um, it was just amazing. I can't, it's hard to describe, but within this light, um, I also at the same time saw my dad's face, who, I don't know if I said that, but he just recently passed away as well. And so his face was shining um, through this light. And, um, what really hit me about that was um, he was communicating to me and signaling to me, but um, I was listening to what he was saying, but it wasn't through um, a verbal voice. It was um, felt through my heart. Um, and I can just see right through him. I was able, it felt like I was just able to read him and, and see right through him just as though I felt that he was just looking right through me and could see everything too at the same time. So I was in this transition between seeing this bright light and the, the face of my father. And I mean, I gotta tell you how my dad passed away at the age of 78 and you know, life put, put a, was put a toll on him and he was worn and just always kind of looked tired. And, at this moment, he was just, um, his face was, was just bright and just looked so innocent and beautiful. And um, I say beautiful because, you know, with my dad, it was, beautiful was never a word that um, I would use to describe him. But looking at him at that moment, um, he was beautiful. He was perfect. He was um, just, he just looked, he was glowing, just pure, just so innocent and um, just so joyous. And so I use that term beautiful because in that moment, that's what he was. Um, so I felt myself being drawn to him at this point. And behind me, uh, well, briefly too, when, when I was reading his eyes and um, he told me, I felt him and he told me that uh, you know, if I had to choose right now to be 
at home with my loved ones or be here in this place that I'm at right now, um, I felt him just tell me that he chose where he was at at this point. And I mean, that just really, you know, hit me that he was just in this just magical place that um, he beyond a doubt would, you know, wanted to be. Mm -hmm. so, so in between the midst of all that um, and just slowly feeling my body kind of um, head towards this light and this just this beautiful face of my father, um, there began to these all these noises below me in this dark room started to like arise and um, it was so distracting because all I wanted to do was just keep my eyes on this this beam of light and slowly the the, the noise became louder and louder and I realized um, I heard these little voices saying dad daddy and Instantly, um, my eyes I, my eyes opened, and I found myself in the emergency room. And I heard the uh, the doctor, through other voices of chaos, say, "He's back." Um, and um, I remember um, shortly after leaving the cath lab, they were rolling me out in the gurney towards the ICU, and the first face that I saw was Serena's. And I looked at her, and my eyes were just just sobbing, and I was crying. And um, it wasn't because I was crying um, because of what just happened, but they were joyful tears, um, knowing of where I was and what I saw, and just all the things that I experienced while I was gone. So it was, it was just, it was amazing. pretty amazing. Amazing, yeah. yeah. So how does life change for a person after that? Wow, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, growing up, you know, I always believed, you know, there was heaven. Heaven existed. But once, once I really kind of felt and touched heaven, um, I just realized that, you know, it was real. Mm. It was there. And um, this uh, sense of, um, you know, I always had this like sense of fear about death and dying. And today, you know, it's like there is no fear. I have no fear about death and dying because I know that um, there's this special place waiting for us all that's um, just, just so peaceful and quiet and um, so pure. And innocent, you know, just looking at my father is just, um, I, I just felt all of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Good. yeah. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate the fact that you did the research so we don't all have to do that. That's bringing the information back. That's good. That's, <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for <laughs> being the guinea pig there. But uh, what a beautiful, powerful story. And I appreciate you sharing that no with problem. us. No problem. Yeah. Let's Happy thank, to. Thank Dave for coming up and sharing his story with us today. Well done. I really wanted you all to hear that because uh, it is just faith building. When you hear stories about people who have experienced God 
uh, up close and in person uh, and experienced the supernatural. And, and you may have heard stories like that before or seen something on TV like that before, but when it's somebody you know, you've known for years, it's just a different kind of story. And so I want stories like that to build our faith together as a church because I think what Jesus wants for us is just to trust that he's there and that he's here and that he cares for us and that he can intervene in this world. I, I think he just wants us to have enough faith to believe in him that way. And so, uh, so we're going we're gonna to pray that God continues to build uh, faith in our hearts. Uh, I'm going to pray, but as I do, uh, I want to call attention to a few needs in the life of our church that I'd like to ask you to pray for. There have been uh, a couple of surgeries in the last week. There are a couple of surgeries upcoming for members of our congregation. Pray, uh, pray for those. Uh, there have been a couple of people who have taken a, just taken a fall in the last week. Uh, the world is not a steady place, and so pray for them. Uh, somebody was in a, a bad diving accident yesterday and has some, some broken vertebrae, and so that's a very serious thing, and there will probably be a surgery tomorrow. So pray for, pray for that family as they uh, wrestle through that. Uh, and just pray for, um, pray for our church that it would not be distracted by things meant to throw us off the course of living the faith. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you love us, and I thank you that not only are you real, you want, you want us to know that you're real. You want us to be able to depend on you, to experience you, to hear your voice, and to see your work. I ask that your spirit would touch hearts in this room of people who are wondering if you're there, who wonder if they themselves will ever have an experience like this. I ask that you'd uh, make yourself real to them, help them to see how much you care for them, how much you love them, uh, and want them to know that they are known. God bless those who are in deep medical needs and deep brokenness this week, work miracles of healings in their life. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. God wants us to, uh, to be able to step out in faith. And we've, in recent weeks, been talking about faith. We were in a series called Much Faith. And we're looking at those moments where Jesus said to his disciples, Oh, you of little faith. And I've told you, he doesn't ever do that to scold them. He does that to encourage them to say, If you'll just believe, if you'll just believe, uh, amazing things will happen. Um, being close to Jesus is, is, uh, stimulates our faith in a way uh, that we cannot bring about on our own. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. So uh, about a month ago, I was in England at a conference. I've shared this with you in recent weeks. Um, and I've shared with you some of the important things that happened there. But there's a funny thing that happened when I was at this conference. Uh, I saw some old friends of mine from the church I used to work at in Hawaii. There were about 30 of them uh, at this conference, 5,000 people, all of whom have cool accents except the 30 people from Hawaii who do not because it's in England. And uh, and I was hanging out with one of my old friends, and I said, hey, tomorrow morning, let's get together and have breakfast together. Where do you want to go? And he says, uh, I don't know. My phone's dead, but I'll go home and charge it, and I'll text you in the morning when I find a place to have breakfast. I said, okay, I'll look for your text in the morning. Next morning rolls around. I get no text on my phone. Breakfast rolls by, and he doesn't call, so I figure, well, I'll just go to the conference. So I, I go, and I see him later on in the morning, and I say, hey, you didn't text me this morning. I thought we were going to have breakfast. And he said, well, I don't know what happened. I went home and I plugged my phone in the wall to charge it. And when I woke up this morning, the phone was still dead. He said, it must be because of the, the funny outlets they have here in England. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa hold, hold on a minute. It, uh, the currents here in the United States is 120 volts. And in England, it's 230 volts. So you have to have an adapter to plug your phone into their wall. I said, hold, hold on a second. You used an adapter, right? And he goes, a what? 
<laughs> and I said, let me ask you a question, friend. How did you plug your phone into the wall? And he goes, well, I just pushed it in there. I just pushed it in there. Prongs kind of bent, but I pushed them in there. One of them just bent, and I got the other two in there, and it's, I just didn't work. Must be the funny outlets. And I said, uh, let me give you some advice before you burn your hotel down. Um, well, a lot of Christians live the faith that way. A lot of us have a sense that God is there. Maybe we believe God started the earth up a long time ago. Maybe we believe God did some cool stuff about 2,000 years ago. But, you know, today, he's just kind of out there somewhere. Maybe he pays attention. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he listens. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he works miracles. Maybe he doesn't. The problem is a lot of us have a, a sense that there is a source of power out there, but we don't have an adapter that allows us to plug in. We, we believe in a God that's somehow on a different current than us, and we can't access his current. What Jesus really wants is us to live in faith here and now today. As surely as the disciple Peter, who stepped out of the boat onto the lake and for just a second walked on water with Jesus. Jesus wants us to have that kind of faith, the kind of faith that can walk on water. But you have to have, you have, to have an adapter. You have to understand who he is and what he can do today. The same thing happened when he was walking there 2,000 years ago. Open in your Bibles if you got them to Mark chapter 6, or turn them on. If you've never downloaded uh, the, the U version of the Bible, Y-O-U, it's a free app, and it's got uh, lots of translations of the Bible that you can read. That's a good one to have. Uh, open up to Mark chapter 6. Uh, and I want to tell you this story about a time where Jesus encountered uh, a circle of people who did not have much faith. Listen to the word of God. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? Uh, not everybody knows this. Joseph and Mary, you know, had... Jesus, supernaturally, and then they went on to have more kids, had a family. And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own house. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus is, is God in human form. And he is around people who have heard that he is doing miracles, maybe seen that he is doing miracles, but they cannot plug in. They cannot see him for who he is. They don't believe in him for who he is because they're looking at him as the, uh, through the lens of that kid down the street. You remember that kid down the street, Jesus? He grew up, Mary and Joseph's kid. You know him, the carpenter's son. Yeah, I remember when he threw a baseball through my window a few years ago. I didn't see any miracles fixing my window up. I bet he can't really do any of this. They can't see him for who he is, and so they can't plug into his power. He can work next to no miracles among them because of their lack of faith. Well, Jesus wants us to have the kind of faith that says, no, 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 I, I believe in him. I believe he walked the earth 2,000 years ago, and I believe he has power today. Faith is gas in the engine of the supernatural. Or for you Nissan Leaf drivers, faith is the power cord and the battery of the supernatural, right? 
It's through faith that we, we open our hearts to the possibility of what God can do among us. It's when we truly believe, when we step out in faith, that Jesus can rush in and say, yes, that's what I wanted. That's what I was waiting for. And Jesus is waiting for that kind of faith from all of us. Jesus wants, us to, wants to see us believe and trust him. Now, don't in that feel pressure. Because I've seen people pray for a miracle, pray for God to do something transforming in their lives, and, and they feel like, oh, maybe I'm not believing hard enough. Maybe I just really concentrate and believe harder. Maybe I'll make belief stronger. That's not how belief works. That's like trying to make a battery charge by staring at it. Like you can go, oh, battery, be more powerful, have more power, and you'll be stronger. That's not how a battery gets charged. A battery gets charged by being close to a power source. And our faith gets charged by being close to a power source. Our faith is strengthened by standing in the presence of Jesus. If you want a stronger faith, talk to Jesus. Listen for Jesus. Sometimes Jesus speaks supernaturally the way he did to Dave Frisella. Stand in the presence of Jesus. Read the story of Jesus. Talk about Jesus with your friends. If you know somebody who's praying for a miracle, praying for healing, praying for somebody who's sick, don't ever, ever tell them, well, if you just believed more, it would happen. That's a terrible thing to say to somebody. Instead, just encourage them to stand close to Jesus. Encourage them to, to pray and to listen. And you pray with them too. If we want a, a supercharged kind of faith, what we need to do is stand in the presence of the source. We need to stand in the presence of Jesus. That's what he's waiting for. That's what he wants for us. And he says, he says, when we have that kind of faith, he'll take all kinds of things out of our hands, all kinds of worries, all kinds of troubles he will take out of our hands if we'll just release them to him, if we'll just trust them. Uh, flip over in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches, here's what happens when you have faith. When you have faith, I'm going to take care of all kinds of things that you're worried about. All kinds of things that you, have to, that you think you have to take care of yourself. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? If, if we'll just trust, if we'll just extend ourselves to him, Jesus wants to take care of us. He doesn't want to starve us. He doesn't want us to live in fear. He actually wants us to live in peace. This, this is a, another one that happened to a member of our church recently. There's a, a woman in our congregation who was coming up on a day where she had to decide whether or not she would pay her rent or her grocery bill. And on top of that, she wanted to donate to the church. And, and you know me, I never, I never pressure anybody. I, you know, my answer, mom with kids, go buy groceries for your kids. Right, that's the message I'm gonna give. She showed up on a Sunday and she donated anyway. Now, she didn't have no money, but what she was gonna have to do was she was gonna have to go to the bank and take money out of her son's bank account and transfer it into hers to pay her bills. She didn't want to do that, but that's how she was going to make that work. She was going to have to borrow money out of her son's bank account and put it in hers to pay her bills. Monday, the next day, she goes to the bank. She goes to the ATM, and she finds that in the ATM is more than, more than uh, the money she needs to pay for both of the bills. It's already there, and she didn't put it there. 
Apparently what happened is that uh, the, the father of the son who left the state a couple of years ago to try to avoid child payments, apparently he got tracked down and they moved money out of his account and into hers the day she stepped out in faith. Now, I will never tell you stories like that for money. I will not tell you stories like that for the church's budget. I've told you this before. If you ever doubt my motives, you don't have to give any money here. You can donate to the church right next door. St. John's Church will appreciate you so much. They can donate that to their beautiful dome over there. It's a beautiful church. You could, they, they probably love it when I say this. Uh, I never say this for the sake of money. I say this for the sake of faith. I say this for the sake of faith because Jesus just wants us to trust him. Just to step out of the boat and step on the water and see what happens. Just to believe that the God who made the universe, the God who walked the earth, the God who loves you here and now today is, is passionate for you and powerful enough to make change in your life. He just wants us to trust him. And so he calls us to step out in faith, to follow after him. Uh, it happened uh, again uh, in the life of our church a month ago. And I, I've shared this story with you uh, in bits and pieces. There was a, a woman uh, in our church who had stopped by the church office one day and I was praying with her. And as we prayed together, I told her, I, you know, I'm, as I'm praying for you, I keep seeing this image in my head of a set of car keys. Does that mean anything to you? Now, I didn't grow up saying things like that. I'm not a weirdo, mostly. And uh, I said, but I keep seeing this image of car keys. Does that mean anything to you? And she starts to tear up and she says, oh, yes, I've been borrowing a car from a friend and I've been praying that God would give me a car. Uh, and the a beautiful follow-up on that story was I shared that story in this room a few weeks ago, and one of you anonymously went and bought her a used car, and she now has a car. She's deeply thankful, by the way. That, that's the kind of community that God wants to create. God wants to create a community where we talk to him, and we listen to him, and he really does get to talk to us to say, go to the hospital, or hey, tell her you see car keys, and then he wants us to trust him enough with our resources to say, I'm going to give this to somebody who has more needs than I do. And look at, look at what God does when we act in faith that way. Do you think he's ever going to run out of resources? Do you think he's ever not going to be able to provide for us? Do you think he's waiting just to starve us out if we trust him? That's not our God. Our God calls us to faith. Jesus says, why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon was a great king of the Old Testament, of the Hebrew Bible, who was very rich. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And there it is again, you of little faith. One of those moments where Jesus, not to scold his disciples, but to encourage them, says, just trust me, I've got this. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The kind of relationship that Jesus wants with all of us is like this. When my daughter was about three years old, when we were living in Hawaii, we lived about a block away from the grocery store. And so when we needed groceries, she and I would 
uh, walk to the grocery store together. You know, it was cute to watch a little toddler find her way down the sidewalk. It was a kind of a long walk for a block because she had short legs, but we enjoyed walking to the grocery store together. And the first time we went, we picked up some groceries to carry home. And then I said to her, you know, they have in line at the grocery store something called peanut M&Ms, little girl. And I'm about to rock your world. As long as we don't tell mom that that's what we did. So I bought her peanut M&Ms in line at the grocery store. We sat out on the curb in front of the grocery store and ate peanut M&Ms out of the bag. Well, it didn't take her long to figure out how this system worked. And it turned out every time Papa went to the grocery store, she wanted to go too. Because she knew as we bought groceries, we were also buying peanut M&Ms. Worked swimmingly. Uh, she is now eye to eye with me. And a couple weeks ago, we went to the grocery store and I was taking things out of the cart and putting them on the little conveyor belt. And as I'm putting them on there, a bag of peanut M&Ms comes flying over my head and lands on the conveyor belt. King size. And I looked at her and she goes, and so I went, I think Jesus wants the kind of relationship with us where we can trust that he knows not only what we need, but what we like. He's not asking us to step out in faith so that he can torture us. He's not asking us to step out in faith so that he can starve us or scare us. He's, he's asking us to step out in faith so we can realize how good it feels to know that we're being held. The other choice is you can spend your life running after money. You can run after whatever you think you need to provide for yourself. And you're going to find that money is not a loving father. You might well be able to provide for yourself on your own. That can be done. But with whatever you find comes a ton of worry. Because money is not a good parent. If we'll place ourselves in the arms of our father and say, I just want to trust you and live in faith. Ask. Seek. Knock. Seek first his kingdom. And then everything you need will be added to you as well. At the end of his life, Jesus gave us the greatest gift he could. At the end of his life, Jesus went to the cross. And on the cross, somehow, mysteriously, supernaturally, he took onto himself all of our brokenness, all of our sin, everything we've ever done wrong, for every day you've lived faithlessly, for every day you've lived and not trusted him, he takes the brokenness of those days onto himself on the cross. So we no longer carry the consequences of that brokenness. We no longer carry our shame or our guilt. In the eyes of God, we are forgiven when we believe in him. At the end of his life, Jesus took all of that brokenness onto the cross so that you and I could be free so that we could live lives upheld by our Father, forgiven, and set free for grace. In a minute, we're going to gather around this table and celebrate the, the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. If you've never come to that moment before where you said, Jesus, I actually want to start to hand this over to you. I want to trust you. I want to see how you provide for me. I want to hear your voice. Jesus, I want to I put this in your hands. If you'll just step out in faith, that's the moment that God rushes in to take care of what you need. If you've never done that before, today, in prayer, in your heart, tell Jesus you want, you want him to be in charge. And today will be the day 
you become a follower of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, by your spirit, move in this room and touch hearts that are far from you, hearts that are scared, hearts that are broken. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, spread faith among us. Work faith in our hearts that we might trust you and believe and step out. If there's anybody here who's never before prayed it, we pray, Jesus, come into our hearts and be our Lord and our Savior. Forgive our sins. Make us new. Set us free. Fill us with faith and grace and goodness. God, I thank you that you gave yourself for us. And even today, you're still giving. So may we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.